Welcome to Adorn Podcast. We're on episode seven, and today we have a special interview about theology with Susan Hunt. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Hey y'all, so I am so excited today. We have my sister-in-law, Susan Hunt, here to talk to us a little bit about theology. So welcome to the Adorn Podcast, Susan. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited that you're here. Why don't we um, start off first thing and have you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I have lived in Austin for almost four years. I was previously in Tennessee before that. I am single, no kiddos, but I like to claim my nieces here in Austin area and my little nephew. Um, I am also a social worker and I work at a school, so we serve a really marginalized population, students that have been in poverty, all different walks of life. So it's both challenging and exciting at the same time. Um, and then just in my free time, I like to spend, spend time with friends and family, do outdoorsy things, grab a cup of coffee, try new foods, uh, explore new places, you name it. Austin's a great place for that. I was about to say, so you're a typical Austinite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I fit in well. Yes. yes. I fit in well here. <clears throat> so usually after we um, get to know you a little bit, we like to hear three random facts about you. Yes. Well, I feel like I am full of random things. <laughs> yes. Quirky. So, I was going to say, know. that's, yeah, Aaron a, understands that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> There's a few things I could say here, but... I, so one question I always like to ask people that I'm around is like, hey, if you weren't doing this job, what would you do? So one random fact about myself is if I were to do a job other than social work, I always say it would be a cross between a park ranger, working in a coffee shop, and working in a summer camp. And I don't know how those three fit together, but that's just a random fact about myself. Sounds fun. It does. Except, what was it that you were telling me the other day that you wouldn't like about being a park ranger? There was something that you said you wouldn't like. Yeah, I don't... Was it enforcing the rules, I yeah, think? Yeah, I would probably just let people do whatever they want. <laughs> oh, you want to have a fire? That's okay. <laughs> so she just wants to, like, wander around in nature. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, and I'd probably Love be expected it. to know random things about the wilderness. It probably wouldn't be very safe, actually. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Tell us some more random facts about yourself. So I lived in Tennessee before, so another thing I thought of is that, you know, Tennessee, it's the deep south. It was great. I lived there for 13 years, very formative um, in my life, actually, with theology. But I actually do not like Southern food, and Casey actually knows this. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what, what is technically Southern food? Because I'm from California, so I don't know what even you mean I when mean, you say like Southern food. I mean, like, chicken fried. Oh, gosh. Chicken steak, fried anything. Things. Okay, okay. Anything <laughs> Whenever fried. Whenever you fry something. Okay. She will eat some good Memphis barbecue, I though. Will. She introduced love... us to Memphis-style barbecue, yes. and I'm still not too sure about the coleslaw on the sandwich. Don't, we don't do that in Texas. I don't think I could ever get there. But, I mean... <laughs> It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is. So, yeah. And, I mean, I'm not really a country music fan either. So, <gasps> I know it's a shame. You're done. It's a shame. I do <laughs> I do like some of it. This is why she's on the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> 
some of the stuff I will allow, but you know, it's, it's good. That's funny. All right, you got one more fact for us? So this, I think, is a very important distinction with me being on this podcast. When you said you were having Susan Hunt, a lot of your listeners were probably like, oh my gosh, like what? I mean, it's amazing. Their seventh podcast and they have the Susan Hunt. <laughs> But actually, I am not the book author, Susan Hunt. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone out there. I don't write literature on Christian family, on how to be a good wife, on how to parent your children. Susan Hunt is an amazing writer of all kinds of literature in the Christian world, but that is not me, so I'm very sorry. (laughs) Don't be sorry. It's it's probably kind of fun to have somebody with the same name as you, and you get to be like, but I'm my own person. It's true. I actually had someone come up to me before and say, do, do you write books? And I was so confused. And they told me who she was. And, you know, um, I've asked, been signed, asked to sign someone's book before. So it Did was, you do it? No. If they would have had it, I probably would have, just to be funny. <laughs> I am Susan Hunt. That's true. That <laughs> <laughs> it would be my signature. So, you know. That is so funny. Yeah, that is funny. Okay, so um, tell us a little bit. We're going to shift gears a little bit here. Yeah. Tell us about your heartbeat and um, your passion in the church. Yeah. um, So, yeah, I think so many things. But when I think about the church, I just think about, you know, what does it mean for the church to truly be the community of of Christ? And Mm -hmm. what does it mean for the church to be a place of belonging and truth and identity where people can do real life together Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of toss aside these cultural things that we've uh, thought of as Christianity and really get into the nitty gritty of life. And I think that's really my heartbeat for the church is um, just people of different backgrounds, different stages of life. We all have things to learn from one another different giftings and just seeing the church functioning well in that way. Um, and then specifically with women, like just knowing Christ's all sufficiency in everything. Mm. Um, and I think that plays out just in women to women relationships, you know, uh, discipleship settings. And, um, so that's what I think of when I think of just where my, where my passion is when I think about the church. And then, you know, in addition to that, I think about too, just what does that mean extended outward? So practical ministry, um, you know, being in the social work field, just what does that look like with the world around us, marginalized populations, all of the things that come into play. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful to picture it like like you're saying, all different types of people coming together and that's mm-hmm. what it should look like yeah. and how do we make that happen? It's beautiful. Absolutely. I love it that. Is. All right. So let's get into what we have you here for today. Can you give us your definition of theology? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I think it can be a really loaded or intimidating word for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, the reality is with theology, you know, it's something that we all have, whether we know it or not. And simply when I think of theology and the definition, it's, you know, who God or Christ as the Bible says he is, um, who is God, who's the God of the Bible, and then the study of that. And so that could be sometimes in a systematic way or like another word for systematic in my mind is just an organized way Mm -hmm. of of looking at that where it's arranged Um, and then just taking it further you know how what the bible says about god informs and transforms all realms of life so how what i believe about god translates into my relationships my work my calling Mm -hmm. my day-to-day and um, all everything in between that's good we haven't really talked about that how you at first said that you have theology, whether you realize it or not. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah. So I think, well, I, I I really believe that, um, you know, 
we act upon what we believe mm-hmm. and whether we know it or not, we're going to do what we, what we most believe, what we most love. And so if the, you know, our theological perspective really shapes our action. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we believe. So, um, if I believe that God is in control of the whole world, or if I believe he's not, that's mm-hmm. going to impact how I act. And so whether I know it or not, I have a belief about who God is, yeah, whether it's good. spoken or not. You know, that makes me think, I know, um, kind of what your work atmosphere is like, mm-hmm. and I know that you're in a secular job. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think a little bit about, um, if theology, if your theology affects your relationships at work, and mm-hmm. if it does, how, how would you say that kind of plays out in your day to day in the work atmosphere? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's really essential and just critical to the day-to-day. I mean, one of the things that I think about just being in a workplace that's primarily secular, and that's been my story since I've been in the workplace, is just having a framework for how we view people through the eyes of God. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I can walk into a situation at work and know all of the people in this room, all the people I'm working with, they're made in the image of God. Mm, And that that. is a theological truth. And Mm -hmm. so because of that, they reflect God. Mm. And whether they know it or not, they're reflecting who God Mm. is. And so I can respond to that. I can enter into that. Um, And then also just, you know, bigger picture things like that I deal with on a day-to-day basis or that anyone in in a working or as a mom or as, you know, um, a wife or whatever stage of life you're in, you know, just shaping your viewpoint about who God is and what you do. Um, like if I believe that the Lord is in control of my day to day, that's going to impact what I do at work. So if I know that we live in a world that's broken and fallen, then I know that the systems that I work in every day are going to be broken and fallen. Mm -hmm. And that helps me to navigate that. That helps me to have a framework of, it's not going to be perfect. There's always going to be redemptive work to be done. There's always going to be issues. And I expect that instead of being surprised when something goes wrong or when uh, someone says a certain thing or when something doesn't work out or when someone's facing a hard situation. And then I think also just it really gives a theology at work, gives a framework around how to deal with pain and hurting people and that there's hope in that. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, it's, it's really a beautiful thing and a hard thing to navigate, but I think it's essential. Like I would not be able to function without a right theology of God in the workplace. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is Mm -hmm. because I've seen you for years now, just be such a beautiful picture of Christ in the workplace and you, um, you don't push your beliefs into people's faces, but you just live it out. Just your Mm -hmm. actions alone show what you believe. And so I've just always really admired that about you. Thank you. So the Lord's um, grace for sure. (laughs) Yes. Well, we can definitely see that through you. So, um, tell us a little bit about your background with theology. Yeah. So growing up, I, you know, um, became a believer at an early age and grew up, you know, in the church, hearing Bible stories, knowing who Christ was, you know, and just getting a framework for the cross and redemption and, and, um, you know, typical uh, church world of of Bible Mm -hmm. stories. And so I think that theology, when I think of theology, it was barely a word in my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It was 
this lofty term that seminary professors Mm -hmm. or people going into the ministry do or study. And it was never something I related to. Mm -hmm. So then I went off to college and I went to a really solid college in Tennessee. And I actually had this experience that I, I went to a group, I went with a group of friends to this event where we were supposed to be helping on this ministry team. And it was uh, a, a scenario where there was a pastor and they gave kind of an invitation at the end and this, and we were all there to like counsel people who wanted to come to know the Lord or had questions. And so this girl came up to me afterwards and I was supposed to talk with her. And so I started to share with her and I realized I don't know what to say. Like Mm -hmm. I had no framework for like who God truly was. And also the sense of like, are my words supposed to like magically like make her believe in God? Like how does that work? Mm -hmm. And so it was just this like crisis of faith moment that I, it like shattered for some reason in that moment, all the theology that I had and just made me start rethinking who is this God? Um, And so also in college, I, uh, because I went to a Christian college, I was involved with really good friends. I got connected to a great Bible-believing church, and they actually just had a heart and a passion on training, equipping, and exposing people to theology. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was really, I mean, their their whole vision was to send out, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. like I realize now like what a benefit that was. Mm-hmm. So that was just a big reshaping of my thinking, um, starting with, you know, instead of me, who am I and who is God in relation to me? Mm. Who, what, who does, who does the Bible say that God is? And because of that, how do I fit into that? Mm. And so, you know, I think in context now, like I'm not a Bible scholar. I've never been to seminary. I have no plans or desire to go, honestly. (laughs) And yet, you know, I've learned that if I'm a believer, theology is deeply important. Yes. if I don't allow the Bible to inform what I believe about who God is and how I respond to that, then culture certainly will. Mm. Preach it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say preach it. I was about to say preach it. You we stole can preach it. it here. It's good. It's good. Um, I like how you said that, how like if you don't let the Bible tell you who God is, then you're going to let something else tell you yeah. who God is. And that's dangerous. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, it, it's one of those things too. Like we're, we're not just these empty vessels that just drift toward nothing. Mm-hmm. We are going to drift toward something and we're mm-hmm. going to fill our lives with something. And so definitely that's part of that. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So why would you say that theology is specifically important for women? Yeah. Oh, I love this question so much. Um, And I really thought about this when you were asking me. Um, I think one of the things, kind of what I was saying earlier, because our hearts are created to follow and join to something bigger than us. And Mm -hmm. so that's huge. Um, There's a quote by St. Augustine or Augustine, depending on your bent, however you say that. (laughs) Depending on whether you're from the the country. (laughs) I say Augustine. I just like the hippo part. Yeah, hippo. Did he have a hippo? I mean, I don't know. Is hippo a city? Yeah, maybe. I think See, I'm not a Bible scholar. (laughs) Well, I don't either, but I want to be from hippo. That sounds fun. That's right. That does sound fun. Um, But yeah, he had a quote that other people have quoted, but it says, you've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find our rest, their rest in you. 
And so I think as women, you know, our hearts are going to land on something and that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna find our worth and our fulfillment. And there's so many voices in today's world screaming at us. Lies, comparison, identity, don't mm. care what stage of life you're in, I don't care what if you have kids or no kids or married or not, like that happens. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have a framework for understanding the God who created the world, who created us, who desires a relationship with us and having a right theology for that, we're going to run to something that's not life-giving. Um, and this especially, I think, happens when life happens. Mm, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's good. Um, and just that we have, I think because of that, we have a real enemy who seeks to devour us. And I think that's the second reason. It's just life is going to happen if we don't have the anchor, we're going to sink. Mm, that's good. We haven't really talked too much about how the enemy kind of plays into theology and the effect that it has on that. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. So, you know, when the Bible talks about the enemy, um, you know, he, the, he is like a lion. You know, he seeks who he wants to devour. Mm-hmm. And then there's another passage that talks about how the enemy shoots flaming arrows mm-hmm. at us. And that's, whenever I think of that, I think that's pretty intense. Yeah, scary. So it's, it's really scary. And... Of course, there's already other passages talking about, like in Ephesians, putting on the armor of God Mm -hmm. so you can extinguish those arrows. And so I think that, you know, there is a real enemy that we have is really trying to seize that joy from us Mm -hmm. and take it away from us. And Mm so we're not just fighting against ourselves. We're not just fighting against culture or whatever. We are fighting against um, the one that is trying to essentially thwart God's plans, which will never happen. But Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. that's so good. And it makes me think back like all the way to Adam and Eve. Yeah. Because basically what he was doing to trick Eve was change her theology. Exactly. Is God really who he say Mm -hmm. says he is? And is are Mm -hmm. you really Mm -hmm. you you want to be as smart as God? You can. Like he's Mm -hmm. just questioning her theology. And I mean if we see that all the way back to Eve, like how true is that for us in the day to day life? Like Mm -hmm. I've heard this I think it was Priscilla Shire. She says like what what he can't ruin he'll distract or he'll mm-hmm. you know um there's another d word they were all d's like yes yes the i don't remember book. yes yes I mean, yeah and so yeah. i just think that's so good he's either going to try to distract us and mm-hmm. think theology is not important for right. women or he's going to try to whisper lies to change our theology so that it's not as effective or so that we don't have a right view of god yeah it's absolutely good. that's so true and i think that you know one of the ways that the enemy does this is when we have those life circumstances those hard things that happen um um, and you know everyone um, everyone has a story everyone has hard things that happen to them theology reminds us of truth in the midst of that mm. and it really anchors us but you know those times when that thorn doesn't go away when the Lord chooses to keep it there mm-hmm. when life's not what we thought it would look like when we, when we are attacked by the enemy and we're tempted to believe lies in the midst of our circumstances and I think that's when we, what we truly believe about God comes mm. out and we mm-hmm. face that and so I think that's just just truth yeah. that's good that's yeah. good um do you happen to have any personal examples of this that you would like to share with us? Only if you want to. <laughs> yeah. So I think, well, tons, like every day. I mean, let's be honest. So we could, we could, uh, you know, make a list here. But um, I think, you know, I have struggled at different points in my life with anxiety. And that's been a real thing. Um, and, you know, without right theology about 
who God is and that, you know, he um, meets me in my weakness, you know, like he is triumphant that I can run to him in that, like that's been huge. Mm -hmm. And then also just, you know, my life stage, like I would have never, like when I was a young girl, I would never said, I want to be single in my mid thirties, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was not my heart's desire. It still is not my heart's desire. And yet I have to believe that I serve a God who created the world, who made a people for himself, who redeemed us, who's jealous for me, and he's on the throne. And so he's in complete control of all things. And, you know, I can rest like knowing that he's good and sovereign over my life and hope and, you know, I'm anchored in that. Mm -hmm. And that means he's good even in our life circumstances. So even in my singleness, you know, in any struggle I might have and any desire unfulfilled that we have, he's a kind and loving father. And that could be so many things. I mean, it could be, you know, wanting children and not having children or losing a child or, you know, um, being in a marriage that you didn't think you were going to walk into where it's really hard or you're facing divorce or whatever that looks like. I mean, there's just so many situations where you're, you come face to face with what you believe about God Mm -hmm. and that really has to anchor you. Yes. So true. I think we've most of us have been through some very hard um, circumstances in life. Mm-hmm. And I I know when I've been going through things in the past, I've thought, man, like what would I do without this foundation? Just yeah. knowing who God is and knowing his goodness and um, his love for me. And mm-hmm. I've grown so much even yeah. since um, some things have happened in my life. But even then, you know, I was grounded enough to know his promises and Mm -hmm. to, to lean into that. And so, um, yes, I think when life happens, that's a huge time that your theology is just so important. So that's so good. I think it's really good time to dig into theology too, Mm -hmm. because if you're facing something that you think doesn't line up with your thoughts about who Mm -hmm. God is, then that gives you a chance to dig and be like, okay, well, what what does God really say about this? Yeah. Why am I suffering right now? Mm-hmm. What do I believe about God? Cause mm-hmm. you might have questions like, you know, why God is this happening? So right. like go to him and ask him and let that kind of help you form your theology. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, in that like theology is the basis for our faith. Mm-hmm. And so kind of going along with that, even if we don't feel it mm-hmm. or if we're struggling, like we can know, like it is the basis for our faith. We can, that's where our true joy and fulfillment is. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's not this mindless blind faith that we just, you know, put out there. Yeah. It's substantial and active based on a real life person and a God that wants to be known. It's not mm-hmm. that he's this elusive, um, you know, idea yes he wants to be known and he wants to know us yes or he does Mm -hmm. know us yes so yeah it's good okay so shifting a little bit again um susan are there any specific theological doctrines that you've been digging into lately yeah so i know aaron mentioned the priscilla shire book um that she referenced and the doctrine of prayer i think that book is actually about prayer maybe mm-hmm. and that has really been a focus this year in my church and so as a as a result of that i've been you know looking at that in the bible and then with some friends of mine and just digging into you know what does the bible say about 
prayer, the doctrine of prayer. Um, you know, Jesus prayed in the book of Acts. It talks about the believers devoting themselves to prayer and says it multiple times, like mm-hmm. throughout the whole book of Acts. And then if you look at the Old Testament, you see examples of people praying and talking to the Lord, and then it's all over the Psalms. And so... Yeah, like it's obviously important in the word. And I think it's an area I've been questioning, like this is all over the Bible. And is there equal importance in my life? And what does that really look like to be a woman of prayer? Yeah, I love that. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I mentioned on here, I can't remember if it was last week or which episode it was, that I feel like that's my weakest spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. And God like keeps bringing it up. Like he brought it up right now. And then I help write the life group homework at our church. And they're like, do you want to write on prayer? I was like, ah. Sure. Yeah, like, God. Okay, thanks now. for reminding me. I need to grow in this. This exactly. is really great. Oh, man. So I love, I love hearing that. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things I'm digging into it because I'm not good at it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I love that. That's awesome. It's good to study stuff that you feel like you're not, you're not very solid in. So what other theological doctrine do you have a desire to study? Yeah. So recently I've been going through the book of Hebrews in, well, our church has been going through it leading up to Easter and doing Lent. And so it talks about, you know, Jesus being a high priest, sympathizing with our weaknesses and just the whole idea of um, him being fully God and fully human. And Mm -hmm. so in my mind, when you think about the spirit and that brings up the whole idea of the Trinity. And I think it's something that you always hear thrown around the Trinity and yet I stop myself a lot and think, do I really understand like all the dynamics of this and Mm. really how this impacts me as a believer that he's fully God, fully human, and there's the spirit who's the helper and Mm -hmm. how does that all interplay? So I'd love to dig into that more. Well, you're in luck (laughs) (laughs) because we do too. (laughs) And this is actually something that um, we're hoping to do a series on in the next few months, Um, but it's kind of been something on our hearts and our minds too and we've been digging into it as well so we might be coming back to you and saying hey Susan what are you (laughs) learning about the Trinity (laughs) or maybe I'll just listen to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) I love that okay I'm gonna throw a little bit of a tough question at you can you give us an example of a theology that you once believed that after digging deeper, um, God opened your eyes to a new truth? This can get a little tricky, I know, but yeah. um, I bet you can handle it. <laughs> Hopefully. I could get really, really controversial on this one, but okay. I won't. I won't. No, there, no, there really are so many to choose from because I feel like the Lord has change my view and continues to refine things over the years. I mean, it's, that's the beautiful thing about it is you keep learning more and more about who God is. But absolutely, I think the one that really stands out is that I really used to view the Bible in pieces. And so we think about the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, you know, I think often the church as a whole, not I'm not saying every church, but unintentionally can approach the Bible, especially with kids, as a bunch of random stories mm-hmm. or lessons. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's not the the more. It's not the it's it's something we can settle for. And so I think it gives the message that some parts of the Bible are not as significant as mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And also just that the message within these stories is more about a moral lesson mm-hmm. than who God mm-hmm. is. And so like for example, like Moses crossed the Red Sea, that's really cool. Or David slayed Goliath, go slay the giants in your life. Or right. Ruth is a love story, mm-hmm. or Esther's a cool queen. And you know, those are all true. 
Um, but I think I did that. Like I didn't really realize that I viewed parts of the Bible as unimportant or less meaningful, mm-hmm. like even Le- Levitical law. Like, uh-huh. like, well, that doesn't apply to me. Here we go <laughs> so, again. Still we keep bringing up Leviticus. We, maybe that's another place we should be studying. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, the Lord has just really opened my eyes to the scope of scripture and how you know, all the Bible points to Christ. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God, before the beginning of time, you know, created it that way and and created a world to bring glory to himself. And then there was sin and, um, you know, he created a people for himself and just the whole story of redemption that you see through the Old Testament and then ultimately pointing toward the coming of you know, the perfect Christ and, Mm -hmm. and Christ entering the world to redeem a people for himself. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing. And that's where we are now, you know, post-resurrection. And so, um, I think that is just so pivotal, like understanding that, you know, it helps us fit our lives into the Bible instead of uh, the Bible fitting into us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was just a total thinking shift for me. And, I think it results in thankfulness. It results in awe, understanding like who God is and just a privilege that we get to be a part of it. And it just impacts all parts of our lives. And so, and it makes everything in the Bible totally meaningful. Um, And I, yeah, and it's just, yeah, I think you can just go so much in depth with all of that and, and explore like we said, numbers, a little bit of law, mm-hmm. all these things, the prophets, and they're all pointing to Christ, mm-hmm. all of it. You know, um, this is something that's been, I think, on both of our hearts and minds, too. And the other day, I, Cadence's favorite verse is Joshua 1.9, and mm-hmm. it has been for a very long time. And so I got to thinking, and I was like, she doesn't even know where that story comes, like where Mm -hmm. that verse comes from. So I was going to read to her about Joshua, but then I was like, no, like she needs to know who Joshua is. So we backed it all the way up to baby Moses in the basket. That's awesome. That's good context there. We backed it all the way up because I wanted her to know who Joshua was Mm -hmm. and why he was significant. And it just... It has changed my whole view, like you said. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just these little bits and pieces. I never, I don't think as a child, learn like how the story of Joshua and the Battle of Jericho fit mm-hmm. in with the story of Moses. And it, it does, it just fits right in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I think thinking that way, it changes not only how you view the Bible and who God is and his whole um, plan for his people, but it also changes as moms, as aunts, Mm -hmm. as friends, as grandmas, like it changes how we talk to the children in our life and how we teach them those stories. And um, you just, I don't know, like it brought tears to my Mm -hmm. eyes, just seeing the girls connect the two stories. And it is just so beautiful. The Bible Mm -hmm. is just so beautiful. Yeah. And I think speaking to that, just the whole concept of true like the grace the deep grace of the lord and you see that through just that story as well like who god chose to use in the line of christ exactly Mm -hmm. rahab david Mm -hmm. you know all of these people ruth that didn't belong right you know just all these people that we think oh well that's weird a prostitute a Mm -hmm. murderer an adult like a Mm -hmm. intentional adulterer you know all these things and but that's because it's not about 
us. It's not about our works. It's about God making a people for himself. Mm -hmm. And if we add anything to it or take away anything from it, it's not the gospel. And so I think that's what kids need to hear. Yes, absolutely. Um, Speaking of kids, um, did we have something from one of our favorite kids' Bibles? Yeah, and I, you know, I've heard she's popular, but honestly, you talk about crying, and I think I cry every time I read the Jesus Storybook Bible. It is the best. And I, yeah, like there's a quote that Sally Lloyd Jones has in the Jesus Storybook Bible that just demonstrates all the Bible points to Christ. And it, she says, There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell the story. At the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing piece in a puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly you see a beautiful picture. And I love that. Oh, love so it. beautiful. So speaking of resources, what are some of your favorite resources for people who want to grow in their theology? Well, um, definitely that one, the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. So I think it is great. And any really children's literature you can get by her is a good theology resource. So, And I think on the, the topic of kiddos, catechism questions are great as yes. well. I think I've already mentioned those on here, but we love yes. catechism questions. Yes. Um, <laughs> when I used to teach Sunday school at another church, we did those and it was so fun. And I learned a lot because I'd yes. never, that was the first time I learned me them. Me too. Oh so, my goodness, me too. Yeah. So it was great. I was like, man, I should have learned these a long time ago. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. But yeah, really, and this is not an actual like literature resource, but I think one resource is just a Bible believing church. So going to a good church. Um, I know that's not possible for everyone, but but, um, you know, just I think good theology resources starts with a church that will adhere to what the word of God says and take the word of God and examine it and allow it to inform what they teach and preach and how they do life. And I think that's just so important in, ter- in terms of shaping our theology. Um, but I know everybody's situation is so different. Yes. And so mm-hmm. that's not, you know, not going to apply to everyone, I think again, kind of um, being on the sarcastic side, but not really. The Bible is a great resource for theology. Um, Just learning how to do inductive Bible study. Mm -hmm. It's not something I'm great at, but I, every time I do it, it's so rich. And just what that is, is just taking a section of scripture or a passage or a book of the Bible and first taking time to observe like what the text is saying and then interpreting. So what does it what does it mean? What is the cultural context? And then applying it to our lives. And so I think it helps by um, causing us to look at who God is and then who we are. And so letting the text speak for itself instead of just putting things into it. So yes. Those resources pop out. That's actually one of the things we said on one of the very first episodes is that we will always give like supplemental um, resources for you to read, but our number one resource is always, always, always going to be the Bible. So you're good. Yes. You're not far good. off on that. It's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, but in terms of other just, and there's tons of resources mm-hmm. out there, um, and you have to, you know, be careful, make sure it's good theology. You could go really crazy and get Grudem systematic theology. So, you know, that, that would be, if you want to go in depth, I think there's some abbreviated versions as well. And that sections off parts of theology and it can help you kind of organize, like, what does the Bible say about the church? What does the Bible say about the attributes of God or, mm-hmm. you know, um, the old Testament pieces of the old Testament or the prophets. And that could be really helpful. 
Also, the Gospel Coalition puts out a um, I looked at their website, actually, and they have some resources online that you can look up different topics. And they have, like, mini booklets mm-hmm. on, like, redemption, justification, sanctification, um, things like that. So if you want to dig into theological topics, but you don't want to spend... 50 pages they're like 16 pages or 10 pages and it's written by different authors so that's been really helpful for me I also want to throw in about the gospel coalition I actually just started listening they have a podcast too okay yeah there's great podcasts out there Mm -hmm. um and so I know that's to add to their them being a resource Mm -hmm. and they also have a podcast so yeah absolutely um also I, I think this has probably been uh, mentioned before, but Jen Wilkin has a new book. <laughs> we love Jen. Women of the Word. Yes. I have actually not read that one, oh, so good. but I have. I'm currently reading a book by her called None Like Him, and it talks about the character of God. So that's a very theological book as well. Yes. Um, but I think anything she has written, mm-hmm. I would recommend. Yes, she's so great. And then also, if you want to dive into maybe books about just attributes of God, there's a lot of really good authors out there that have written good literature. J.I. Packer has a book called Knowing God. Um, A.W. Tozier has a book called The Pursuit of God. And he also has another one called Knowledge of the Holy. So there's a lot of good, like, let's look at the attribute of God's mm-hmm. holiness and kind of exploring that through scripture. So I think those are some that stand out in my mind. Love it. Thank you. Those are some wonderful resources. And we'll be sure to link all of those in our show notes if you're interested in um, just grabbing any of those on Amazon or um, linking to any of the podcasts. We'll be sure to do that. Um, So, Susan, I have had so much fun. We both have had so much fun talking to you um, tonight. So are there any final thoughts that you would kind of like to leave us with to wrap everything up? Well, yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun to just sit around and casually talk about this deep topic. And it's funny because this is actually... I mean, these are conversations that we have often. Right. So it's not that this uncommon. Isn't, yeah, this isn't uncommon at all, which is the whole point of this podcast. Yeah, so, we just usually don't sit around and talk into microphones. That's true. So that's true. We can start that though. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think my final thoughts would just be um, if you are listening to this podcast or are thinking about the term theology yourself, don't be intimidated by the concept of theology. And just remember, it's for everyone and that we serve a kind and loving father who wants us, he wants us to know him in spirit and in truth. And so simply praying, ask the spirit to reveal himself to you, give you fresh eyes when you read the word of God, see Christ for who he is on all of the pages. um, And just know that like wherever you are in life, he wants to anchor your soul and your heart to him so that the world might know that he's the Christ, that he's real and good and redemptive in our lives. That's what he wants. And so I think that would be my encouragement. And then also just the beauty of theology is that you will never know it fully. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And one of the things I always like to think about is it's something that is simple enough for a child to understand and comprehend and get but it is so complex, you're going to spend your whole life and never fully grasp it. Wow. And that kind of gave me chills. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I just think it's so true. And actually, I don't think that was an original by me. I think someone that poured into my life told me that yeah. at one point, and yeah. it just stuck in my head. Yeah, so I can't claim good. it, but it just it sticks out yeah. to me. Um, and just the more he 
the more you dig into the word of God, it's active, it's living, um, the more he uses it to draw you in and transform you. Love it. Well, um, we usually like to end each episode with a quote or a Bible verse. So do you have a favorite quote or Bible verse that you think um, would be good to end this episode with? Yeah. um, Well, when I think about just the, you know, this topic, I think of 2 Timothy 3, I think it's 3.16. So but it just talks about all scripture being breathed out by God and that it is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that we might be complete. And I didn't quote the whole thing there, but just the whole idea of completeness in Christ and that it makes me think of Colossians 2.10, in him you are complete. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.